going on, ladies and germs? Welcome to yet another episode of the Murfanko Experience, Pittsburgh Baseball Now's very own podcast. And we got the boys back. It's just uh, us today. Uh, first, let me introduce Murph, Anthony Murphy, Big Bear, Murph Dog. We have so many names for this beautiful man. What's going on, Murph? What's going on? <laughs> not much, man. And then next, uh, I'm not sure if he legally changed his name yet at, down at the... Uh, courthouse but we're just gonna call him ted from now on so what's going on louisiana ted oh you know just down here in the bay you waiting for jfs and you're gonna get over there under the deal doing good eloquently put man (laughs) a little bit of boom hour there that's perfect jazz fest weekend hell to the yeah but boys and girls we got a pretty good show lined up uh today uh, we got some hot button topics. Uh, the big one being O'Neill Cruz and what the hell's going on, what we think should happen, and maybe what we think will happen. Uh, we're going to talk about some Peggy, Lyover Peguero, because uh, apparently he's not good at defense to some people. We're going to talk about uh, his bat, too. And uh, according to a lot of people on Pirates Twitter, he swings a noodle. I don't see it, but we'll talk about that. And uh, maybe we'll get into a little bit of uh, Cincinnati Reds preview here. Uh, we got the GOAT, Murph's GOAT, JT Brubaker pitching uh, the day you're listening, game one, going up against old friend Connor Overton. Uh, but let's lead off with uh, the big man, the tall stop, or is he a shortstop? Who knows? O'Neill Cruz. And our boy, Louisiana Ted, had a pretty big hot take on Cruz. So, uh, Ted, what do you think should uh, be going on with Cruz and how he should uh, be approached, I guess we should say? Um, I mean, the way I see it, I feel like a lot of people's desire to keep him at shortstop at this point has a lot to do with just the fact to say that, hey, we have a six foot seven shortstop and there's never been a six foot seven shortstop. Um, but Having watched him since he's come over, um, watching his games in Bradenton, watching his games in Altoona, now in Indy, I mean, there was a skill set that you're watching him, you're like, wow, you know, he's pretty smooth for a guy that's 6'7". So as he climbs, he ages, gets a little more experience, you're like, you know, hopefully he'll work out some of these kinks that he's shown with the wild, you know, kind of taking plays off. It seems like sometimes the easy plays – might do a double crow hop and throw a ball into the third deck and watching him this year it just seems like again he's 23 gonna be 24 in October and he really hasn't made advancements in those areas so you're still seeing a lot of the same problems and granted he's not hitting well so it isn't like there's a huge rush to get him up right now So, to me, I feel like his best path forward is to probably get him in the outfield now with that laser arm, plus something else. I mean, I thought he could do it even at shortstop because he's – I don't know if it's the true number. Um, I'd have to check that media guide if he's still 6'7", 215. But you put him in the outfield, he could add another 20 pounds of lean muscle, not lose a step. And then his raw power that's already ridiculous could take an even bigger step forward. Yeah. And I think a lot of people started sounding off on this when 
Uh, they read that Mackie quote in his article about Cruz saying he doesn't want to play in the outfield. He kind of alluded yeah. to that. So do you think that Mackie's article kind of acted as a springboard for Pirates Twitter to get on their soapbox and start preaching to everyone that he needs to be a shortstop? Yeah, I, I mean, I guess. And it, I feel like part of it is just that angst towards the Pirates organization to where everyone automatically believes the thing that probably should sometimes should happen. They're automatically, well, no, we don't want to do that thing because we hate the Pirates organization. And that's where, like I was kind of saying, I was like, we always say how we want the Pirates to be a better, smarter organization. Yeah. And here is one thing that I feel like is getting to the point where it's in flashing lights is the better and smarter thing to do get this kid in the outfield already where he can excel defensively, let the back get going. And I mean, who knows what the ceiling is? Cause that's something I found interesting. Even I think it was Keith laws, top 100, his knock on Cruz that dropped him down the rankings was, well, he might end up in the outfield. And to me, I'm like, okay. I mean, that doesn't make Soto any worse. That doesn't make Julio Rodriguez any worse. That doesn't make Acuna any worse. I mean, he could still play center field, which itself is another high-end defensive special position. Yeah. Plus, I mean, Reynolds has done a fantastic job in center field, and he's done better than I expected. I personally wanted to leave him in left field originally because yeah. I'm like, he was a he was great there. Yeah. Let him stay there because that's probably where he's going to end up long term, and just let him have his one Develop. spot where he's yeah. not going to change. Yeah. And I mean, th- there's there's also an opportunity where you could have basically three center fielders in the outfield at some point when the guys start to come up. You mm-hmm. know, I, I I think Connor Scott could potentially be a center fielder if the Pirates wanted him to be. I think Sawinski has the ability. I mean, there's a plethora of center fielders that the Pirates have. It's kind of where, you know, the Rays have a billion shortstops and they all eventually end up somewhere else. And you in the chat earlier talked about, I don't even think there's a shortstop position anymore at this point. So (laughs) (laughs) um, Murph, you're a little quiet over there. So I want to hear your take on Cruz, because there are some people that say, if you move Cruz to the outfield, he just becomes another power hitter. So what? He's no longer that special. Um, And I'm quoting some people at this point. So How do you feel when people mention that? And where do you stand on this whole cruise at shortstop so, or outfield? So the whole, it's like going, going back to the whole thing about like how like the fans have reacted to everything like that. I think a lot of that goes into lack of trust in the organization, like the fan base. We've seen it time and time again, you know, just they're fed up. They don't want to believe anything that the, the team is doing is, is right. So, so the first, the first thing that they want to do is, Hey, you know, I've seen some, you know, like, why, why are you going to piss off like your potential franchise player and move him off the position he wants to play? Why are you going to do it? But like, if, if, if the guy can't play shortstop ultimately, then why are we going to put, like, are we going to put a guy who can't handle the position on a winning team that, that just doesn't make, make sense what to do. And it, it just doesn't seem like first as awesome as that would be how awesome having a six foot seven guy with that pa- kind of power and that arm to play at shortstop. It, it just doesn't look like 
the, the progression is being made that that that's going to be as long as, and you know what and the crazy thing with it is it's it's been something the writing on the wall has been there for years like every everyone has said this probably isn't his final we just wanted to like most of it's just the fan base holding out hope that it turns out to be his home because it would it, it would be pretty as far as him being just another outfielder I like I don't I don't know many other six foot seven outfielders with a laser cannon arm <laughs> who can launch a ball into the stands from one knee that's yeah. that doesn't <laughs> seem that seems pretty special no matter no matter what position he's playing at and probably ability to steal 30 bag plus bags on top of exactly it. yeah he, he, he's a guy who legitimately has the potential for to have a 20 20 30 30 type of type of season over mm-hmm. the course of a full year he would have he would have been a 2020 guy last year if he had this time there's something that you know just popped into my head as you were speaking you know moving him to the outfield and the potential to have a laser arm good defender can hit the ball into the um, to the moon from one knee do you think people are a little apprehensive moving him to the outfield because they still have the scars from Polanco and the trajectory that he had and then he just fell off the face of the earth? I, I think that'll always be a kind of worry. And I mean, I mean, and that, but that's that's like baseball. It, it it happens. Yeah. That's that's why there's so many players out in, in, in the minors. That's why, you know, there's such an emphasis on building depth as as much as there is top end talent. Because well, that, you know some guys aren't gonna work out. Something's happened, you know. Polanco has the surgery and that you know his arm's never the same or whatever and and I mean so yeah obviously you're always going to worry about that you're always going to think that you're always going to have that fear that someone's going to be the next Polanco but Mm -hmm. you can't you have to hold that back as much as possible because that's not always going to be the case like for every Polanco there'll there'll be some guys who, who, who work out right off the bat part of the issue is the fact people feel like if he moves to the outfield already that's a step below what his ceiling was supposed to be like he's already not meeting expectations so it's almost like they wanted to stay shortstop because that's what he was supposed to be is this phenom superstar shortstop is what they've been getting told for so long that's that that's that's fair Mm because like i mean obviously that's what everyone's saying that's like that but like you read any any prospect report out there, yeah. and, and every single one of them, big letters like he's not playing shortstop. Warning sign. Warning sign. Yeah. <laughs> the last Warning. like six years. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like maybe they some of them try to beat around the bush a little bit more and say, well, you know, put it mm-hmm. nicely. But the one common theme, he, this was always where he was heading, and. I, I think like the realization moment, and I bring it up a lot. I talk about it a lot with that play in Erie. Oh, yeah. Like, it sticks out. Compose, I mean, you should talk yeah, about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. So it's it's like if he can make those plays, and then even the game that he played in uh, Indianapolis, that was like a, a disaster. Uh, even when he messed up, with, like, he still almost threw a couple guys out from the outfield. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, like, you're still talking about a guy who's going to be above average to plus defensively out there because of that arm. Yeah. So I, I feel like the only disappointment it would be is if like he was just so bad everywhere else that you have to put him at first base. 
I think that would be the only thing dis- that would be disappointment, a disappointment to me. Or DH. First base or, or DH. DH would be, yeah. First base would be, I think, I think those, that's at least defensively, I think that would be the only thing that would disappoint me, I guess, if you want to say. Like, yeah. if, if he's got to go to the outfield, he's got the long legs and speed. He could play center. He could play right with the that arm. Like, cool. He'll probably, probably lead the league in. Lead the league in outfield assist one year, probably. Yeah. I'd, more than I'd probably put him in uh, center field just so he doesn't run into a wall like Polanco. <laughs> to, to me, that to me that's when it all went downhill. Okay. When, yeah. when he ran into that foul wall. Yeah, that and the fact that he had one of the most awkward slides I've ever seen going into a base. I have never seen that awkward of a slide before. Ron- and... Reynolds was testing that. Yeah, <laughs> he did the barrel roll, man. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Um, there, there are some other concerns with Cruz, and we talked about this on previous podcasts, but the bat just didn't seem to be formulating the way we thought it would this year. You know, uh, competition that we think he can dominate, and he's not quite dominating it. And we talked about the potential reasons as to why, but the past couple games, he's put together some pretty good at bats and Murph, I know you've been watching Andy so close because of Cruz and the entire prospects uh, to boot. And you've done a phenomenal job over at P2 with that. So I'm going to let you lead uh, with the past couple games with Cruz and what you've seen that gives you some sort of hope with that. So I I think, I think the biggest thing for, for Cruz, like at this point, at least for me, I don't care. I like, if he hits a home run or if he starts hitting home runs again, I'd be like, cool. That's fine. Whatever. The only, the only thing at this point, and like you said, um, he's made some progress on it over the last couple of games is, is holding up the pitches below the strike zone. People have like tr- been trying to use his height against him. And um, which has been working because he's been chasing them, trying to re- repeat hitting, you know, hitting the, home runs like he did in Pittsburgh but um yeah over the last couple of days he's laid off of them he's drawn a couple walks he's striking out a little bit less oh it's it's the little stuff at this point the little stuff that you want to see from him like I don't even care if he hits another home run if he stops striking out the way he's been striking out I'd be I'd be I'd be willing to say I'm ready just to send him to Pittsburgh yeah, and okay, now if he gets on a little run here of successful at-bats and games and let's say a week, two weeks, are both of you willing to send him up to Pittsburgh and say, that's it, send him up, he's ready? Because yeah. for me, it's been the lack of adjustments that, that's been bugging me with him in, in, in AAA right now. It, mm-hmm. Pitchers have clearly been going after him a certain way and he's yet to try to show any sense of adjusting to that. They, they've clearly gone after him a certain way, and he's just done nothing to, to fix Adjust, that. Yeah. yeah, until the last couple of games. So he, he started to show a little bit of signs of that. The home runs will come. The power's there. Power hasn't gone anywhere. We saw that when he hit that walk-off. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it just comes down to better pitch selection. For me, if he shows that, send him on his way. Okay, Nola, where do you stand on that? Uh, I mean, I'm I'd be cool with it. Um, I guess, and then uh, <laughs> I'm thinking in a little bit of a front office narcissistic 
You seem a little apprehensive towards this. (laughs) (laughs) But, oh, that's right. I'm thinking a little bit of a front office narcissistic type of way that uh, if he shows some advancements with, like, discipline, approach, and those types of things, let him grow at the big league level. I know people want to have that happen just in general, like, let him just learn at the big league level. But also, a comment I made the other day, um, the way at least the NL rookie outlay currently looks, I mean, he could be the front runner after one hot week. Uh, the NL does, true. Yep. does not look strong in terms of rookies right now. Mm-hmm. Like you, Mackenzie Gore right now would probably be front runner. And then after that, it's been very weak. Nice. Whereas, like, the AL, you know, you got Bobby Witt, Julio Rodriguez, and the, those guys, Torkelson, they're just finally, I think, catching their feet yeah. and their groove and getting going. So, because I, I imagine that's one of the things that would hold the Pirates front office back is, I, I would need to ask Ethan if there's a clause about that, too, that where that full year of service time is only stipulated if, they're up so long and win the rookie of the year, or if it's like after yeah. this date, they can win it, but not accrue that full year. Mm-hmm. Cause um, it wouldn't be a terrible thing for them. If he came up and did struggle quite a bit. And they gained that took, extra. Took his bump, took his bumps and bruises for that first month, the way that Bobby Witt, Julio and Torque have. Yeah. Because that way, it's like, okay, our chances of him winning Rookie of the Year, losing that year, are a lot slimmer. Because if he comes up on fire, then it's going to be like, shit, we're going to catch a lot of heat if we set him down right now. And his chances of winning Rookie of the Year are really strong right now. Yeah. So. Mm -hmm. Um, Now let's talk about another shortstop in the system who people seem very split on. Either you're in his camp or you're extremely against his camp. And that's Lyle Pagero or Peggy, as everyone calls him. Um, he has made quite a few errors at shortstop, but we both know that errors aren't really uh, what make the defender at this point in the minors. Um, his bat's coming along rather nicely, as we've seen uh, today and even in previous games, he's on fire. So does Pagero stick at shortstop long-term, and is he – half of your middle infield moving forward or would you like to see him move to left field as uh some people murph have said <sighs> so for me with the garrow i he, what he's 21 years old mm-hmm. i'm 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 not worried about where he's gonna play just yet mm-hmm. i'm just gonna let him play let him develop and then if i have to make that move I'll make that move. The throw, the throwing is is a little bit. I guess at this point he's he's at eight now on the year, so that's that's a lot of it concerning. <clears throat> um, this early, there's a lot of factors on it. I, I just rewatched the game before we got on here, and amazing play like, he made. Yeah, he made it made amazing play, and like that kind of plays a little bit into the hey, let's stick him in left field kind of thing. Yeah, 
But the the error that he did have, it it, it was kind of like an it was real awkward. It was it was like an awkward play, awkward throw, and everything like that. Like I I, I don't know. I, I'm not I, someone like him. He's doing so good offensively. Like I'm not kind of worried about the defense right now. If I have to stick him out in left field because he can't play short, that's that's fine. When, like that's 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 a making of a really good outfield now at that point. If you're talking. If you're yeah. telling me you're gonna have Pagaro, Reynolds, and O'Neill Cruz out there, uh, you're that's that's pretty good. I'll take that. We we can plug in a shortstop free with three free agency, or maybe someone else comes up or whatever. Maybe we draft one this year or something. Who knows? Hey, what Castillo has played pretty well at shortstop. Yeah, he hasn't. He hasn't done bad. No, I, mean, I, don't, think, I don't think he has the arm. Yeah, I don't think he. Has, quite as an arm to keep doing it but no that's why it's projected as a second yeah. baseman but you but, can fill yeah, him in. but you're right you're right he he's built in amazing you can you can ask for him to do much more no. more at this point no absolutely not um and you know looking at his stats right now Piguero 89 at bats batting 337 three dingers seven stolen bases he got the speed showing there ops wink wink uh, is at a nine thirty. Um, special ops. It's it's a spec ops man. Um, he's put together a pretty damn good season. Small sample size. And I know some people out there on the Twitterverse love those small sample sizes. Maybe they're compensating. <laughs> Who knows? Um, but at this point, I I really can't ask much more from Piguero than what he's done. And Nola, have you seen anything from Piguero that suggests that? he can continue this type of run? Yeah, I mean, I, I think the bat is really coming along. I think it's really taken a lot of steps forward to showing that the hitting ability and the power look like they are kind of true. Because yeah. um, there I were mean, concerns not, in Greensboro with his power because of that. Part. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean he, he's actually a pretty sizable kid himself at 6'3". Yeah. Um, I mean, he he's looking like someone that could easily be, you know, a twenty twenty. Um, and then, I mean, I, I feel kind of similar with uh, Murph in terms of the defense. That I mean, he's twenty one years old in Double A ball. He's going to be twenty one all year. What what December? Is it? I think it's I think it's like September. Okay, September October. Um, it's, one of those uh, things. It's, it's December 31st. So, yeah. Oh, okay. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> one for Ted. <laughs> Put it on the tally mark. This, this is that Stephen, not 23 Jennings thing all over again. Yes, it is. <laughs> <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but it's one of those things I know certain people don't like to hear these specific words, but um, you see some of the tools he has. And it's like, okay, the ability, I mean, the range, the speed, the arm, everything's there. And kind of like how I was just speaking with Cruz, it's, I feel like Pagero's in that point where he still has a little bit of time to where it's like, okay, you can make a lot of tough plays and stuff, but you need to kind of work on finesse a little bit. You need to kind of fine tune things. If he can do that, easily can stick it short. I mean, he, the kid, again, the tools, he <laughs> definitely has the ability. He just He's needs to find things up a bit. 
Um, which I, I hope he does. And I mean, I, I think he could stick. We'll see though. And, or as I said earlier, maybe shortstop, it just is a myth at this point and we're never going to have one. <laughs> you, you have Cabrian over there. He just plays both. Yeah. At that yeah. Point. Yeah. yeah. Who, needs, who needs a shortstop? And I tell you what, man, Cabrian, I mean, maybe it's the dead ball thing that I saw uh, Stilo bring up or Kevin, I'm not quite sure on Twitter. Maybe it's the dead ball that's really affecting a lot of defenders because Cabrian's making some really weird looking errors. I don't know what. I mean, that's possible. The ball might be bouncing different than they're used to. Yeah, because he never makes those kind of errors. Never. You see him make one, maybe, that looks really weird, but Mm -hmm. he made a couple recently. And I'm not concerned because Cabrian defense translates all the way through the system uh, from what history has shown us. And that's why I think Travis Swaggerty can be uh, a decent MLB outfielder at least, but it is a little mm-hmm. concerning. Um, now, how about, how about this curveball? But what if Triolo becomes the future shortstop? I was just, were you? Yeah. That yeah. Last night. Yes. <laughs> yes. They snuck in him a couple extra games this year. There. He looks that, slick I mean, on the field, man. He's a slick defender. I mean, he's not playing like he's not the future third base. No, for obvious reasons. Obviously, yeah. But he is really good defensively. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. and he's really starting to hit a lot better too recently. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. leadoff and stealing bags still. That's what's really weird is you're seeing Triolo stealing bags still. Like yeah. last year, he came out of nowhere in Greensboro mm-hmm. and really challenged Lolo real late there for the stolen base kill yeah. lead. And he's still doing, I don't know what, cause he's not really fast. He's the IQ just must be really high. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know what it is, but kudos to whoever's teaching how to uh, run bases down there in the minors. Um, but there is one thing that I was really racking my brain about. And usually I stay very passive when it comes to promotions, but does Piguero stay in double A the entire year, or do you see him get a month or two in triple A? I, I think month. I could see him. Well, because the the double A season is going to end before the triple right. A season again. Yeah. So we may just end up in that same kind of scenario that we did last year with where the they playoff get some thing. of the guys. Yeah. They, where they just throw a couple guys up there on there and he keeps it like this like it'd be hard to argue not for him to be one of them mm-hmm. so yeah and there's another not, i'm okay with i'm okay with him staying all year at in altoona to be honest like it's we're looking at mid-season probably anyway mid-season next year the probably the earliest he makes his debut anyways regardless yeah. if he gets a month mm-hmm. or so in triple a so yeah and, you know, I, I didn't plan on having him being a part of this podcast episode, but I was looking through the tweets before we started this, and you're really high, Murph, on – you're not really high, I promise. But you're, you're extremely <laughs> high <laughs> on uh, Mason Martin, and in particular his defense, the way he's played first base. And I have to agree with you, and I – He's always been a solid defender at first base, but there seems to be something different with the way he's approaching that position. And typically your first baseman isn't the most athletic person. He, you just throw him there. But Mason has made some pretty damn athletic plays 
for his position. So do you think his defense brings him up to the majors uh, to get a little cup of coffee? I mean, I, I I hope so at this point. Like, you you want to start rewarding these players for performing well in, in the minors. There's obviously the, the the extra step that you need to take because he's not on the 40-man. Right. And, and the fact that the guy who pretty much is blocking him is what, one of your highest-paid players on, on the team, unfortunately, in, 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 in Yoshi. <laughs> so whatever leash you would – normally give a guy not as great and playing horrible defense you're probably going to give him an extra whatever amount of playing time because you invested so much into him yeah. so yeah, while, like while two he's and playing a half good, million now not like 12 yeah no didn't they give him like wasn't didn't they give yoshi like four for it because that, that yeah, i think it was four, yeah. four yeah so i mean that's that's for the pirates that's 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 fancy <laughs> yeah <laughs> They got to be fancy with him. <laughs> Nutting no, had to uh, outsource. Nutting had to outsource his uh, laundry cleaning for the season because of this. <laughs> Man, <laughs> but so like, I mean, it lines up. It lines up perfectly because Yoshi's not playing good and Mason's playing good. So like, you want to give him the shot, but are they really just gonna cast aside that kind of money that they did, spent on him? They've done some different. Eventually, things. eventually, yeah. Eventually, yes, they will. They'll they'll get tired of it at some point, but when? Yeah, and you can move Chavis How wherever. Soon? You can move Chavis wherever and still insert yeah. him in the lineup. So. Yeah, he, yeah, he showed he could play. I was surprised with how how I didn't think it was that great at third base originally, but he he, he made, he's made some nice plays there when he's given yeah given the shot. So yeah, and in the locker room, he said, "Oh shit." I, people might think I'm looking like Key out here. I got to calm down when we were in the locker room. I was like, I don't think anyone was thinking that, Michael, no, but it's, it's no. all good, man. <laughs> but, um, Which, and, then, yeah. and actually with regards to Mason, I, I, that's something else I was going to say uh, in terms of Piguero too, is I don't, I don't know if he necessarily has the best first baseman defensively in Altoona. So getting, <laughs> getting somewhere with a guy that can well, pick a couple of those errant throws might help too. Yeah. So, like that takes you back to the one play that that Figueroa made, and who, who was playing first that night? What, uh, um, I think it was Shackleford. Who was, yeah. was it? Matheson, and he just like straight yeah. up dropped it. Like it was it, it was an amazing play, perfect throw, everything like that, and it just got. like because then so. to Cruz, I mean, I know even John's made the comment that that one game Mason saved Cruz at least three errors. Yeah, yeah, he's been picking it, man, and kudos to him. And the strikeout numbers aren't as bad. It's like right at 30 right now. Yeah. yeah. Which, and for Mason, that's, that's well, no, good. It might have ticked up recently. He, he's had a it, it might have. rough yeah, last few games. Kind of, it, yeah, th- things are starting to even out a little bit for yeah. him. Yeah. And Nola's, Nola's prediction, man, he's notched your Nola over here with the speed, talking about Mason Martin showing off the wheels, getting triples, yeah, stealing third f- base. Four tri- tri- triples. Yeah, and he stole third base as a left-handed batter in the box. Let's say what's he got? He's swiped four bags, I think, so far. Yeah, four or five. Yeah, yep, four wheels. We we gonna have we're gonna go from a roster that had like Stallings, Bell, Moran. We had the molasses. Yeah, molasses for others, and then we're we're gonna have an entire roster of speedsters, man. I'm telling you, speed's coming in the system. It's just really low in the system. <laughs> um. Yeah. Yeah. 
so folks, that's our uh, minor league talk for the the night, unless, you know, us, we're crazy and we have weird brains and we might jump back, who knows. But we do have a series coming up, Pirates and Reds. Um, unfortunately, it was delayed tonight, which means it's going to be made up July 7th, I think, for another doubleheader. Um, but we do have a doubleheader on the day you're listening, Saturday. We got JT Brubaker facing old friend Connor Overton. Uh, Murph with the big thumbs up for his goat. So Brubes hasn't looked too bad his past two, two starts, man. I mean, two starts ago, he had the flu game, I guess you could call it. Uh, pitched three innings, and it was pretty damn good for considering what he was going through. Next outing, he looked just as good. Slider looked dominant. Fastball, sinker, whatever you want to call it, <clears throat> was on point. So do you think Brubes continues this run of good starts, Murph? And I mean, it's the Reds, so it's a pretty good target to continue. I mean, the the only thing, like, thinking about this series, and I know we'll get into, like, the broader thing on the series here in a minute, it's just I've, I'm walking into this series expecting, like, the unexpected all, all series. Last four so, games. <laughs> I, I'm, like, I'm, like I've, I've erased all expectations out of this because this is just kind of the series that just scares the living hell out of me. But for 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 JT, like for him, it's always what it seems it's come down to is if he's going to throw that one pitch. It, it it he's had so many starts derailed by one pitch. He does good the entire game, but he he gives up a three three run home run, and that's the only thing you remember from that start. Yeah, and it's Great so, America Ballpark, and he loves giving up gopher yes. balls. So it, this is this. You, you look at the red record and maybe you're like, okay, well, this is a perfect kind of game to, to build off of. But also, you know, the history of that ballpark, this is the kind of game that could also send him the exact opposite way. It's true. It's true. But we got Connor Overton starting on the other side. Uh, not what you call the greatest of pitchers, <laughs> more of a journeyman, I guess we could say. And Daniel Vogelbach sticks out as a guy who could potentially go off in that ballpark. Uh, I think the Pirates had him slated as uh, the cleanup hitter for today. Maybe we see the same exact lineup. We, we, uh, we, we get to see Colin Moran, too. Playing third base. We do get to see yeah. Colin Moran. <laughs> no, they put third. him back at third, man. That's, yes. how you, that's how low Cincinnati has gone this year. Well, they said, um, was it when I, when I was on the, the show with Gary, Gary said that Joey Votto refused – to play to DH, he says he will not DH. So they've had no choice but to put Moran at, at third. And uh, did you see what happened to poor uh, Green over there in Cincinnati? People saying they ruined him. Velo significantly uh, man, down. That's and that's not even him. That's like, I mean, that's I mean, he's already had Tommy John once, but that's like a yeah. that's the thing you always have to watch for with, with yeah, that's the thing you have to watch for. You have yeah. five home runs in his last start. Yeah, <laughs> against Milwaukee, I think. I did a run with Kevin Newman on the show, but I don't think it was against Hunter Green. I saw it was so like 102 was miles per hour. Yeah, <laughs> game's very unrealistic. That's right. This, this series is going to be interesting, man. I, I feel like it scares it, me. Oh yeah, it and does. There's, it, there's probably going to be some weird stuff that happens because we're going to get something crazy like. Van Meter is going to have like a big weekend, and then you know the the Yinzer Brigade will probably be like, "All right, I love him now," but then he's just going to be terrible after. Send him <clears throat> this weekend. 
this weekend is going to boost confidence in some random player, but also kill confidence in like a pitcher or something. So someone's yeah. going to get bombed because yeah. it, that place is a band box. I, I said this on Twitter earlier. This series can only go badly. Oh, yeah. Like there, there, oh, yeah. there could be no positives taken out of this series. Cause, cause like if they, okay, if they sweep all three games left, cool. It's the Reds. You should have done it. They are yeah. bad. If you win two out of, if you win two out of three, they'll only be looking at that one game you lost. And if you mm-hmm. blew a late lead, oh, you blew, blew a late lead to the Reds. You get blown out like they got blown out against the Cubs. You oh, got blown be- out by the. <laughs> I'm telling you, that'd be funny as hell, though, man, to get, like, 22 nothing against the Reds. That would be, like, epic on Twitter. Can you imagine what happens if they only win one out of three or get, like, sweat? Who's it? Someone brought up to me on Twitter that Arizona series, I think, last year or the year before, where, like, Arizona was just, like, completely down and out at that point. And, like, we walk into Arizona, like, oh, this should be an easy three wins. And and swept? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, I, I think that was – I think I still remember the one game, too, because they also had a Rule 5 pick, uh, a pitcher that just had, like, an 8 ERA, and their manager brought him into, like, a one-out, bases-loaded situation. And I'm like, is this guy crazy? And then I think he, like, struck out the next two batters. It's like, yeah, this, this is bad. This is bad. <laughs> and, you know, you talked about that one pitcher who might get bombed. And Brubaker is a good candidate because he gives up a lot of homers. But we're in line for another Mitch Keller potential disaster because he pitched a gem on Sunday. So yeah. here we go again. And Murph is just rubbing his head and <laughs> eyes because I feel the same way, man. It's are we going to get it? And we have to have this conversation over and over and over again. But we are seeing different things from Mitch. I mean, he's maintaining his velo up at 97, 98 consistently. That slider or slurve, whatever the hell he's throwing, is looking good. His changeup he's throwing in, mix it in there. I don't know. And like you said, Great America Ballpark gives crazy ass games. Are we going to see Mitch perform or are we going to see Mitch? fall flat is it going to be in the middle are we going to be left with more questions what say you two um i'm gonna say uh <laughs> uh i bet you it's, I'm, I'm gonna forecast uh, middle of the road okay well we'll say four and two-thirds or five innings with thir- three earned runs i'll C- take couple, that be honest couple, couple walks five k's that's what I'm expecting, which, again, sadly, for Mitch Keller, I'll take at this point. Yeah. Right, I think right it'll be now, just enough to disappoint us. Exactly. Or disappoint most people. It'll yeah. Just enough to disappoint most people. Yeah. It's so just, just because, because, again, it's the Reds. Yeah. It'll be just yeah. enough to, to, to piss yeah. people off. Yeah. It's yeah. just right, right now, Keller's career trajectory feels like he is going to be – he is the prototypical pitcher – that just never puts it together here. He's going to go somewhere in a year or two and be lights out. And we're going to be like, really? Chad, cool. Really? Chad, cool. I was just going to say Chad, cool. <laughs> cool. Pitching in that so, ballpark too, which is. I'm still, I'm still not I'm, buying. I'm, I'm, the, like, I'm still not buying no, the Chad, cool. I'm, like. I'm not buying it. And also I just want to, I just want to say like, not to get too sidetracked on it. If there's 
anyone, I, I dare anyone to come and tell me that they saw anything in, in the way he played last year that led us to believe that he was capable of what he's doing right now. But even what he's doing because, right now because is Because, one, still... I'm going to need a receipt. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to need a receipt because I'm not going to buy it. Two, like, you're, you're just on some crazy stuff. And like, I want what you're on kind of thing. Yeah. Because like he, they, like I didn't watch, I didn't watch as much as the ma- at, at the major league level as like other people, but like I saw enough to where like, like I, I there, there's no reason to bring him back. There's and no they, reason for us to believe. And they tried cool possible. coming out of the pen too, which I and thought could work. I thought it yeah, could work because his curveball is, I think above average and i think he could have utilized that well i mean put it put it this way you you can throw this at people then you know how you just said if keller has a good game against the reds people are like yeah it was the reds of i mean cool's pitching against the diamondbacks right now and then of his other five other four starts it was again four three of them were texas detroit and cincinnati and his playing below competition at this point we're getting sidetracked um (laughs) His, that's what we his, I thought that's what his we did. K's, yeah. His K's are way down. His walks are a little down, but still bad. His left on base percentage is near 90%. That's not going to hold, especially with the K rate dropping down. Mm-mm. I think his bat, batting average of balls in plays under 200. I'm like, that ain't going to stick. So I'm not buying it. And the batting average of balls in play is like super skyrocketed this year for some reason. Yeah. People that don't like to buy into small sample sizes are buying into the small sample size for some reason. Yeah. But when it fits the when it fits the narrative. That's <laughs> yeah. all it is. It's narrative fitting, man. Everyone like I'm just gonna bring it up. Murph brought the uh the chart of uh, fans and graded them to chill to crazy, whatever. And the Pirates were put in the chill category. I'm talking the fans here. All of us in Pittsburgh and Pirate fans in general know that's bullshit. None of them. It's extremely toxic, man. I'm toxic. Pittsburgh fans in general are one of the most toxic fans there ever are going to be. I'm toxic, Ted. <laughs> What's up, TT? It's gonna call you TT from now on. I love it, but it, it, there's no way, no way, like Murph said, that any of this is gonna end up good coming out of the Red Series. There's no way. If you no. take three, okay, you were supposed to do that, but I mean, this team is just as well, not just as bad, but they're pretty bad, mm-hmm. even if it is the Reds. So you gotta take the three win sweep, and the Pirates haven't swept in how long? It's been what two years, I think. So I don't know. Something like that. I mean, yeah, you you can't look at just them. You have to look in the mirror with it too. And are are we are we playing? Is our schedule is the schedule overly easy at the beginning of the year? Yeah. Are we that great of a team to where like we should 100% be capitalizing on it? No. No. No, this is not a this is not a good team major league roster outside Van, of Hayes. Van Meter starting every day, no. Yeah, no. Yeah. And Cole if Tuffy's we had playing time. If we had the red schedule for how the red schedule panned out, I don't think we'd be that far off from where they are right now. No. No, it'd be very similar. 
Yeah, we'd have more than three wins probably, but there's no way we're that much better. Not 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 with the way the the rotation has started. No, and that brings us to our next starter, Zach Thompson. Uh, he's he's scheduled to be the starter on Sunday. I hope to God he isn't. I hope to God he isn't because he didn't look too bad coming out of the pen. He did. And I know that's typical Cody talk. Move the starter to the pen. He's got to thrive. Shocker, shocker. Type shit. I understand that. But Thompson didn't look too bad. And with Thompson pitching, I'm pretty sure that means Dylan Peters is going to be pitching because they love to do that. So maybe you have Peters open. I like Peters opening. The past two times he's done it, he's dominated. And he seems to be Bryce Wilson's opener now. So I, I don't know exactly what's going on there. I'll get some information on that uh, the next following Sunday. Uh, but Zach Thompson, Tyler Maley, both really bad pitchers right now. It, it's a crapshoot. And it might be this the, is just going to be a series of bad baseball. Yeah. And it's MLB.tv's free weekend. So you can watch the bad baseball. <laughs> It's, it, Please I mean, watch it's, us. It's, it's, it's completely <laughs> possible that this is going to be like just three games of like fifteen to thirteen. I'm not going to lie; that'd be pretty fun to watch, though. I mean, from a pirate standpoint, I might watch an entire game. I might watch an entire game if it's going to be. The... <laughs> I can guarantee you that I'm watching at least the Mitch Keller start. Well, I have to watch all of them because it's my turn to cover for the games, but intently watch at least Mitch Keller just because it's Mitch Keller and he's a hot button topic and we just have to at this point but I don't are there any standouts for you in this series that someone Nola I know you said this might be a van meter type series so (laughs) is there someone legitimately that you could see take over the series on either side really I don't know man there's no one I can really commit to. I mean, I even want to say maybe, maybe this is going to turn into Swinsky's big moment weekend, but at the I same time, so. it's like, man, I, I don't know if that's going to happen. That's when I just want to believe it. Cause I mean, other than that, what, I don't know, man. I mean, Reynolds has started to look a lot better. So this his eye is looking better at least. This could this could be the perfect weekend, perching perfect pitching staff, perfect ballpark to get it together. To just raid mm-hmm. Great American Ballpark and get all his numbers back to where you know everybody expected they would be. Yep. Yeah. But I and mean then the, being... and then the Marlins will call and say, We need him, here's everything. And then Power Sweater blows up again. Watson or nothing. Hello, Watson or nothing. <laughs> I'm sticking with Vogelbach in this one. I'm sticking with him. I, I got to stick with my uh, big brethren here. Um, maybe we see Castillo get a pop because he has pop in his bat. Perfect ballpark to get that going. Mm-hmm. I don't know. <laughs> like, it's hard to pick, man, because it's like, it's such a crapshoot anymore. I, I, I don't know. I think, I think, I think for me, trying to take the, the prospect angle at, at this point is I'm interested to see what Max Franick does with another shot up in the majors. Velocity has been up. Yeah. 
it's been up. Like he like we got some video of him hitting ninety nine a couple times. That's my opener. That's my opener. I mean, I mean, he he's not he's not stretched too terribly out. So no. it, when he goes in, it's probably going to be two, three max. Has he been going three game. innings in Indy, or has it been two? I think he went like three. Two, I don't. I, I think he went three into the third once, if that. I don't think it's been much. He he came up with uh he came out after Bolton, right? Yeah. Or. Did he pitch the same game that Bolton pitched? I think he did. If my memory serves correct, I, my memory isn't what you call great. <laughs> Let's see here. Going to the indie games. I'll say that Bolton came in second recently. Yeah, he, he he followed up after somebody. Yeah. But I'm and Bolton. and Bolton's been exclusively coming out of the bullpen lately too. Yeah. Which which you love like to see it? You love to since, see it. Since, since we, you know, getting sidetracks all are, is is our thing. Like I, I, like I'm. I don't know if it's early enough to be concerned about it, but going off the beginning of the year to where he's at now, Bolton's velo has dropped pretty noticeably over his last couple yeah. outings. Oh, like well, he was hitting like ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, at the beginning Bolton of the came year. in after Mago. Ah, Mago. Okay. That's what it was. Bolton's velo has um, been what ninety two, ninety three. He was up to like ninety four, ninety five in the opener. No, I'm talking and now. Now it's like ninety two max. Yeah, mostly ninety 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 one. Kranich, he's gone three once, and that's it. Okay. And that was April twenty eighth. That follows the Peters method. I mean, Peters, what he went four last, maybe five. I can't remember what uh, his last outing. But he looked. And, I, and I'm starting to wonder it, it, if it's a matter of they just don't see anybody as a potential starter, which is highly probable because a lot of these guys do look that way of the upper level arms they have. At the same time, they might even just because it's clearly another throwaway year. You might be yeah. like, you know what? We just want to get these dudes through the entire year healthy. With no injuries, we're not looking to really get any numbers out of these guys. Plus, you know, more more front office narcissistic. It'll keep their future earnings down. (laughs) (laughs) And they're they're always thinking that, which would lead me into an Ethan post recently about uh, who was it? Uh, Who got sent down for Banda? Fletcher. Yeah. And how he's like pretty much saying how nefarious it was they sent him down a day prior than he needed to be to save money basically but i'm wondering if they just want to keep everybody healthy because there's just been so many injuries lately you you look at a lot of the people that they're trying to work this around and stuff like that or you just look at the the people in general a lot of them have had injury history you know frantic you're so Um, bolton yeah so and they're even doing I mean, that at the major league. And it's still early. Too, with Keller. It's still I mean, early. Keller hasn't gone deep, really. No. No, you went to. So, and it's still early. So they could still ramp them up later on. So they could, they could, they could protect them, you know, say, like, we're really going to try to protect you the first two months. But, you know, towards the end of the second month, we're really going to start ramping you guys up. And then we're going to expect you guys yeah. to kind of go a little bit more. 
Well, that's what I mean. This past week, they've really a lot of the minor league pitchers because even then, a lot of those guys were capped at you know, like four innings. But lately, yeah, yeah, Altuna's guys are really pushing fifth and sixth inning now. Altuna's really pushing their their rotation right now. I think everyone's mm-hmm. getting through at least five now. Yeah. We're seeing Ruanzi. unless the pitch count's really bad. Ruanzi's going mm-hmm. like three. What is past two? I still think they're trying to ramp it, like he because he was behind too. Yeah, <clears throat> a, a little bit. So. And he, I mean, he is your prized arm at this point. So, mm-hmm. you, you, if there's anyone you're going to take an extra start to ease him into things, it's probably going to be him. Yeah. And, you know, last thing before we, you know, start wrapping it up, I'm really curious to see when Quinn Priester gets back and how that's they starting manage. to worry me a little bit. Yeah. Well, it that's starting to worry me a little bit. Because Percy like, said he he's, he's thrown off the slope now, didn't he say? Yeah. He's thrown he, off the slope. Like the original update they they gave, kind of. Like I mean, and, weeks, and right? it's updated still, yeah. So and it's kind of like well, you said two weeks, two weeks ago, kind of thing, point for him. But yeah, I mean, if he's throwing off a slope now, that's getting close. But I mean, this this is where what I'm getting close to being a month and a half into the season. Yeah, and and like he took it that big step forward, like he pitched 100 innings last year, and now that doesn't seem likely. No, no, they're going to manage the hell out of him. They're going to protect him at all costs. He might just come out of the pen this year at this point. I mean, just they, they to got, manage. I mean, I guess the good thing is like, if you, since you're sending, sending him to Altoona, like there's so many arms in that, in that pitching staff that can yeah. go multiple innings. It, it won't be hard to, to control his innings and protect him and stuff like that. You could still start him and throw him two, three innings and then, you have somebody there who can go four out of the bullpen. Oh yeah. Yeah. There's no doubt to that. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that was pretty much our uh, entire list of what topics we wanted to get through here. So uh, Murph, I know the past two, we've had a, a little rant by you. <laughs> uh, you have any uh, good little nuggets to leave the boys and girls where we give out our socials. It like I think I think the thing that I'm still seeing with it, we're like it, um, okay. So like now thinking about it, I do have something, okay. and like I won't name any names with it, with it or anything like that. So when when people come on Twitter, and they they say if they're given observations, there's a difference between observations and scouting, for a lack of a better term. If you go on there, and if I go on there and say this guy made a really good play or he had a really good game that does not mean i'm endorsing him saying he's going to be the next best thing if 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 i go on there and say he's struggling that does not mean i'm pitching him to the curve that's what our quote unquote job is we say what we see sure at some points we give some sort of breakdown like okay well we think this guy is you know potentially an above average player that kind of thing yeah but just because we go on there and we say that maybe this guy's struggling, that there's no need for any kind of shots or anything like that saying that we don't watch the sport or we don't follow the sport or we're too harsh or we're buying into a small sample size. No, I'm just saying the guy's struggling right now, which anyone with two eyeballs can, can, can see with some people. Yeah. If I had yeah. a really good game, I'm not blind and delusional saying that I think every prospect's going to pan out. No, that's not what 
my again I say quote quote unquote job is to do my job is to say what I see as I'm watching these games yep like if if we came out and said Aaron Shackelford is going to be the next Ken Griffey Jr. because he hit two home runs in a week then you have a gripe and then you can say what the hell are you talking about but yes. if I come out and say Aaron Shackelford had two home runs this week and he's looked pretty good so far into the season, there's no need to say anything cray cray in the, in the comment section, man. Well, like, and not even saying he he's looked good so far. It's like Aaron Shackelford hit two home runs. Stop hyping him. What? <laughs> I said he had, which I had that exact interaction with with people before. I literally, it was it was um. I posted that video of, uh, of uh, Henry Davis hitting a home run, like a couple, like a month that. ago, yeah. a couple weeks ago, and and he said, "Oh, this guy's getting excited over a, a a ball home run." I'm like, I didn't say anything. I just posted a video of, of a guy hitting a home run. Like, I think my exact words in the tweet was, "Henry Davis hits home run," and that's that's pretty much it. Yeah, and I hit. I posted a video of O'Neill Cruz hitting a triple. And I said, he makes it look so effortless with his swing, which he does. O'Neill Cruz does do that. And of course, uh, an old commenter had to come in and say, keep hyping him up, Cody. And I said, okay. <laughs> you just got to say K in the I thumbs mean, and, up. That's and I get it. it. Part, I mean, I, I get it too. Like, I, like, I'm not trying to like do like the pity thing with it. I get like, there's an, a certain extent to like when I put my stuff out there that like not everyone's going to like it not everyone's going to agree with it right that's fine if you don't agree with it that's that's on you that's the thing i love about baseball is we can all see something different if, if you're if but if you're being negative and and that kind of stuff just for the sake of it then like that then like just cool like like you said okay <laughs> <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, that rant was brought to you by the. <laughs> I, I was expecting a completely different rant, man. Were you ex- expecting a different rant? Well, yeah, do you thought... have a rant? No, I, I really don't have a rant. I, I just thought Murph was going to go off about you know expired tortillas and issue number one being people calling so tortillas. I gave, so <laughs> here that, we go. Here we go. <laughs> so I, I send you guys the picture of it. I made some. Uh, uh, pulled pork barbecue today. Ooh. I cooked in the crock pot all day. Um, so Kim, she was uh, missing. She's on the way home. I say, hey, um, I'm gonna give you another shot. Can you can you grab me some? Can you grab me some corn tortillas from the um, uh, from the store? She did good this time. And but but I did have to give her like point by point exactly what to look for everything like that. But <laughs> she passed. Yeah, I mean, just to give a little bit of insight as to the previous corn tortilla, I'm going to say tortilla just to piss Murph off. Um, incident, <laughs> uh, the dog wouldn't even eat these tortillas, man. That's what Murph told us. No, yeah, so I sent I, I sent my girlfriend out to uh, to get me some corn tortillas. Oh, I didn't send her out. She was already out. I asked if I need anything in the store. I'm, uh, I can't remember what we're eating at night. I need tortillas. Can you grab me some? And, and as, a, as a proud Hispanic person, I, I always make try to make sure that I have a, a a pack of corn tortillas at the house for whenever the opportunity strikes, if, if you say so. I was out at the time, asked to bring it up. This was they were I don't they, I don't think they're expired. They were just 
clumpy and broken up and and like cody said the dog wouldn't even eat him and that's like her favorite food she'll 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 down some corn tortillas with me so i'm a flower guy myself (laughs) i mean we all can't be perfect we can't all be perfect (laughs) goddamn gringo gringo (laughs) but no guys uh that was an epic uh rant by murph there well put sir um, but that's going to do it for this episode, ladies and gentlemen. And as we always end the podcast, we give out our socials so you can uh, follow us and interact with us because that's pretty much what we do with our lives. So for me, I'll give out my social first. Uh, it's at Murfanko, M-U-R-P-H-A-N-K-O. Give me a follow close to uh, 2K, I think, in followers. So getting it up there. Uh, Murph, go ahead and give your socials out, buddy. As always, give me a follow on Twitter at double underscore Murphy 88. I do not quite have the followers that Cody does, but I am moving up there. You are so right let's now. try to get keep it going. I'm close yes. to 800 now. Yes. So let's, let's keep it going. Yes. And the next man that's going to give out his socials, can we please get him to 100? Just please. Or, or, or should we get people to go the other way so we could get them back to the good number? Back, back, back down to 69? Back yeah. down to 69, that That's might a, be I, more I, better. I, yeah, that's I better. did just break 80. <laughs> yes. So go ahead, Ted. I need another yeah, about your social. Match Murph. At, at Nola Jeffy, N-O-L-A-J-E-F-F-Y. All, also uh, Louisiana Ted. I might switch it back eventually. I might not. Who knows? Who knows? But I know in the Zoom meeting here, his name in the Zoom meeting is Louis hyphen Z hyphen Anna should be another hyphen there, but I'm not going to grade you. Ted. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Journalism major. <laughs> <laughs> I'm editing as we speak. <laughs> but no, guys, that's, uh, that's going to do it for the episode. Uh, we love you. Thank you very much. Please rate review subscribe to the podcast so we can get this out there out there uh to as many people and uh guys can we please get it right this time the cadence and everything let's let's go go Go. bucks. bucks you bastards